Hi, this is Bailey Curry. Dallin Bestwick here. Brendan Gaunt here, former driver number 62. This is Gary Owen from the Go On YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Raphael Sard. Quick Pick Podcast. It's not that tough. Connor, Ethan, Quick Pick Podcast. You're listening to it. Everybody tune in. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, joined as always by Connor back on Zoom this week. We've got a great episode for you today. We've got Ryan Roulette joining the show. We've got bold predictions coming up just in, in just a few minutes. We've got team previews and a lot of other stuff in between. Starting off with some news, Connor. First of all, oh, I didn't even ask how you're doing today. How are you doing today, Connor? I'm doing good. It's, you know, one week closer to the clash. We're almost there. This is the last, the last off-season podcast because next week we'll be previewing, starting our previews for this season. It's going to be a grind, but we're ready for it. Let's make a great season. I'm I'm really excited. Yes, it's been long enough of an off-season, and so we'll get right into it. Starting off with next-gen testing at Phoenix this week. Uh, today is Wednesday the 26th. It was today and also yesterday on the 25th. Most of the teams were out there. I mean, testing is cool and all. That one, I didn't really watch much of it. It was boring. But uh, one thing to note, the cars were a little slower than they were at Phoenix. I'm sure it will get sorted out in time last time they did. Any notes on that, Connor? Well, I'm just surprised you didn't flip out on Twitter about how slow the cars were going like you did last time. Um, but, no, yeah, it is boring. I'm like, whatever. I was, like, going to cover it. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of forgot about it because it was boring. I watched a little bit of it. I'm like, you know what? whatever they can do their testing. And I'm, I'm just waiting for racing on a, you know, in a LA Coliseum. That's all I'm waiting for. Um, I'm ready for the testing to be over, even though it's been great, but I'm ready for it to go. I want, I want racing. Yep. The racing season officially starts this upcoming weekend at Daytona for the Rolex 24. IMSA kicks off their season with the best in, well, second best endurance race in the world. And, uh, not many NASCAR drivers running it this year. Austin Sindrick and former NASCAR driver Jimmy Johnson are the only ones in the field. Uh, I certainly will watch some of this because it's the first real racing in a long time that I can watch. Getting pretty excited for it. Endurance racing is always pretty fun. Uh, Jeff Gluck, you are wrong. That is not that interesting. But thank you for liking our tweet. That was pretty cool. Um, as you saw, we updated our bio to include that uh, caveat that Jeff Gluck has liked one of our tweets. Yeah, and some other news here. Well, we kind of forgot to mention, we should say it first. We do have a sponsor. We're kind of a partner on the show. Oh, yeah. Ethan is, you know, all trying to get all the news. We have, we're kind of short on time here, but we definitely need to shout out Zents. Um, Zents um, Eric, um, runs a YouTube channel. He's been on here before covering for me. He's also, you know, he has his own YouTube channel, which and his Twitter links are in the description for both of them. Great content, great videos, NASCAR related. You know, had a hype video out. I think he's planning on having another video out that we're actually a part of. You know, within the next week or so before before Daytona 500. So go check him out. Links are in the links are in the description. And Ethan, what do we have a code for? Yes, we have a code for Circle B Diecast promo code. Use the code Quick Pit. That's Q U I C K P I T. Quick pit, not pick, as Brendan Gaunt said once. Use that on any order, $20 or more, and you will get free shipping from Circle B Diecast or Plan B Sales. It's pretty, a pretty great deal. Also, it helps us out. They give us points. We can use those for Diecast for giveaways or for continuing my addiction, you know, stuff like that. I got my McDowell Diecast sitting on the shelf over here. Um, it's, it's signed. It looks amazing. I, I'm, I, I, you saw the pictures, but it looks awesome. Connor, I don't care what you said. That's a great segue though, Ethan. Yeah. If you want to see that picture of that signed, because we didn't post this on Twitter or anything, or did we, we might've, I think you posted on Twitter, but you can also go look over on Instagram because we post pictures of our diecast. We've been, I've been really active over on there. Connor doesn't yeah. have any, like a, like the scrub that he is. Yeah, so make sure you guys go uh, check it out. Um, just quick it podcast. Find us on Instagram. Link will also be in the description. So, Ethan, do you want to move over onto our team preview? No, 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 no. You're forgetting the biggest piece of news this week. 
Oh, am Tony I? Stewart is joining the Fox Sports booth for the first two races of this year. They're going to have to have a delay because otherwise we're going to have some cussing on live TV and you can't have that. Um, but Tony Stewart joins Clint Boyer and Mike join the booth for the uh, Bush Clash and I assume the Daytona weekend. Uh, no, probably not. Just the Daytona 500. Um, and Fox has announced that their third role, uh, their replacement for Jeff Gordon, will be a lot of replacements that they'll rotate drivers in. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Jamie McMurray make an appearance. You see maybe Trevor Bain, he hinted at it, some other things like that. So they'll have a rotating cast of characters as the third analyst. Um, and I'm excited for this, especially because of how they announced it. Connor, you were watching that game, right? Um yeah, I will say wild. Or this past weekend's NFL games were phenomenal, but this is not an NFL podcast. But in the third quarter of the Packers 49ers game, Fox Sports announced it on national television with probably tens of millions of people watching. I, I can't applaud Fox enough for the, the advertisement they're doing for um, for the clash and for this season. I mean, this is this is great. I mean, they're doing it throughout the playoffs, not just commercials in playoff game slots, but like the announcers are talking about it. People are talking about it. People are getting excited. You see people on Twitter every day asking, what's this thing about the clash? How do I watch? I'm new to NASCAR. Can someone explain this to me? This is going to be really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. But Tony Stewart in the booth. Yes, I think it's become more like the Xfinity Series with the day where they kind of rotated drivers in. Of course, they're, you know, actually driving, but, you know, maybe, you know, drivers are retired, but should be interesting. And I'm excited to uh, see the smoke in the booth. So, yes. moving on, moving on here, let's get into the team previews this week. And probably the biggest team from last year, HMS, my favorite team. We will preview them first, followed by uh, RCR. Um, so, we will start here. Um, and, Ethan, do you have it pulled up? Let's start with the defending champion, Kyle Larson. Uh, Kyle Larson had 10 wins, got the championship last year. Uh, Absolutely dominant year. Uh, Probably the best season since uh, Jimmy Johnson in 2007. Hendrick Motorsports has now got back-to-back NASCAR titles uh, with Chase Elliott in 2020. Kyle Larson in 2021. That's right. I said 10, 10 wins a minute ago. 20 top fives, 26 top tens, two poles, 200. There are 2,581 laps led, just a dominant year. And I think, you know, he's going to have another championship contending season, but not he's not going to be able to replicate that. Nobody does. The only guy who really was able to, oh, able to follow up a dominant season with another one equally or better was Jeff Gordon in the 90s. But I, I think Larson should probably have four to six wins, another Final Four appearance, maybe another championship, but not 10, not 10 wins. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more there. I think you have another championship run, but I, you, you can't repeat a 10 win season. Next up, his teammate and a, the you know, reigning before Kyle Larson took it, champion of NASCAR, Chase Elliott, the 25 year old, is going to his 26th age season. He had two wins last year, 15 top tens, 21 top, 15 top fives, and 21 top tens, zero pulls, 952 laps led, and finished fourth in the point standings last year. I think Chase Elliott will be a little bit better than this year. I think, I mean, last year, I think this was kind of almost a down year for him. I think he'll get back to a three or four win season and he'll win on an oval um, instead of road courses. But I do think he'll be, you know, round of eight and could begin the championship, you know, there's a good chance that could happen and he could possibly even stick away with a, with another championship. I just don't feel like he'll be the favorite going into championship weekend if he gets there. Next up, we've got William Byron. Last year got one win, 12 top fives, 20 top tens, two poles, finished in the points in 10th and had 425 laps led. All of those numbers were career highs for Byron. I think this is going to be a breakout year for Byron. He's going to win three or four races, be dominant in some races. He's going to be a threat to make the round of four or the championship four, I think Hendrick Motorsports will continue to get stronger and stronger, and they will be so glad that they hung on to him instead of moving on early when he was struggling. William Byron with a breakout year, phenomenal year, and becomes a championship threat. What about you, Connor? 
yeah, I, he's an upcoming talent and he's he's there now. And I'm happy HMS held on to him and didn't dump him like another team we know uh, did some of their talent. So um, I, I, I can't wait to see what he does this year. Up next, the best driver on HMS and my favorite driver, no uh, bias. Uh, funny, no Connor. bias there. There's no bias there. Going into his 29th age season, Alex Bowman last year at 28 years old had four wins, eight top fives. And 16 top 10s, one pole, 161 laps led, and he finished 14th. And for this year, I think he's going to get three or four wins. Browsing is going to be really like a lot more consistent and will, you know, lead more laps and he'll finish higher in the point standings and help, he'll have more top 10s and top fives. Kind of a down year, kind of lucked into some of those wins, but I think he'll finish with three or four wins. It'll be a lot more consistent season for Alex Bowman. I disagree with you, Connor. I don't, I think he will have two wins. But he will have a more consistent year. I think he's going to trade some wins for consistency, but that's not a bad thing. I think he'll get top 10 in the points again. Uh, and overall, just be more competitive, lead more laps, not get quite as many lucky breaks as he did this year. But uh, I do think his wins will be a lot more dominant than his wins in 2021. So, you know, I, I, I do ask you this, Connor. Would you rather have four wins – would you rather have last year or a year where he wins one or two races, but overall does better in the points, like round of eight? One or two wins, and you know, I, I want him. To, okay. I want him to take. I, I would. I want him to take some of his wins away for consistency. Okay, I, I I figured that was the case. All right, next up, RCR two drivers, Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon. We'll start with Reddick. Last year, got three top fives, sixteen top tens, a pole. Only 43 laps led, but made the playoffs, finished 13th in points. Looks really good at some points. I think with the next-gen car coming in, closing the gap a little bit, I think with the new package suiting his aggressive style of racing, uh, I think that this is going to be a phenomenal season for Tyler Reddick. I'm saying two wins, round of eight uh, threat. I'm not sure. There's so many guys it seems could make the round of eight, so I'm going to say round of eight threat with uh, not sure how he'll actually do, but uh, I think this is going to be a great year for Tyler Reddick in 2022, and I'm really excited to see how he does. Yeah, I, I can see him being the breakout driver of the year. Um, for me, I think he's going to do really well this season. Moving over to Austin Dillon, his teammate, kind of, I like, I've kind of realized this. He's, he's entering his 32nd-year-old season he's a veteran of the sport now and i feel like yeah. that just came all of a sudden almost but last year he had zero wins one top five eight top tens 27 laps led finished 17th in points just missed out on the playoffs um and i i think he's going to kind of rebound i could see him winning in his first career to win season i think rcr is going to do really good this year um and I, he's going to get more than one top five and eight top ten i i you know believe so I, I think he's gonna have a rebound type of year. It wasn't a terrible year, but it wasn't a, you know a great year um, with some of his past seasons. So I think I think he's filing and get a double you know a two win season. Connor, listen to this. Austin Dillon last year had a career high average finish, but missed the playoffs. Career high overall. Like if you strip it all the way down to just how he oh shoot uh, where he was finishing. Uh, he had his best career season, yet missed the playoffs because of the guys behind him winning races. Michael. <laughs> okay, shut up, Connor. Uh, but, you know, I think last year may look like a down year, but in reality, it wasn't, I think. And so I think he has a great year to build off of um, with the new car, bringing parity like we think it is. He will probably be another playoff driver. I think RCR can definitely get both cars into the playoffs this year. They will have the speed. Dylan will be competitive. I think I don't agree with two wins, but I definitely think he will grab a win somewhere, Connor. Yeah, I, I agree, right? I agree with everything you said pretty much. All right. Coming up next, we will do an interview. Do an interview. That sounds great. I'm just botching these transitions today. Coming up next, we will... Uh, I will, I keep messing it up. Next up, I, Ethan, will interview ARCA driver Ryan Roulette. That's coming up next on the Quick Pit Podcast. Stay with us.
back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, and today we are joined by a very special guest, Ryan Roulette. How are you doing tonight, Ryan? Hey, doing well, Ethan. Thanks for having me on today. Sure thing. When, so to start it off, when did you first get interested in racing? What's like your earliest racing memory? Yeah, great question. So, uh, you know, I moved around a lot as a kid and uh, got the golden opportunity at one point in time to live right outside of Knoxville, Iowa, uh, back in high, high school. Um, so that's definitely when racing took off for me. Um, getting the, the old days of watching guys like Donnie Schatz, Tony Stewart out there at Knoxville, uh, tearing it up on the, uh, on the sprint car circuit. Uh, and all my friends going to it every weekend. Um, you know, there's a lot of movies out there about, you know, hey, Friday nights, you know, all the people in town are going to go to watch the high school football team. Uh, and that part of Iowa, it's all about sprint car racing. Uh, so things really took off for me there. I uh, got an opportunity to kind of, you know, test a couple things, run a little bit on the side. Uh, nothing, nothing huge, but you know, once you, once you get that, that dirt in your blood, uh, man, it's hard to get away from it. And, uh, you got the, you know, the wind blowing through your hair and it's like, oh, it's, it's such an amazing feeling and experience. And man, since then I've been, I've been hooked, uh, and that was a very, a very long time ago. Uh, and since then, man, I just I run as much as I can. Uh, I'm mainly a sprint car guy uh, overall. Uh, but, you know, when I get the golden opportunity from time to time, I run ARCA. And that's kind of where I sit today. When did, when did you get interested in NASCAR at any point? Was there like a race or, or something like that that got you hooked into that and wanting to pursue ARCA races and stuff like that? Yeah, great question. So as a, as a fan, uh, I lived in Kentucky for quite a long time. <laughs> and that's just kind of what we did, right? It was a family thing. Uh, we'd watch it on TV on Saturday. My whole family was Gordon fans. I liked Rusty Wallace because he was a jerk. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we grew up watching it. And, uh, you know, I've always been a NASCAR fan. Never in a million years did I think I'd see myself doing something like that. Um, it was just something that I enjoyed with the family. Um as I continue to race on the dirt track, uh, you know, get some good solid finishes here and there across a whole bunch of different states, a whole bunch of different series, uh, non-wing, wing, uh, you name it. I'm, I try to get in it. Uh, you know, I had a, a good friend that graduated uh, from the Naval Academy. So if you didn't know, I'm an Air Force Academy grad. Um, I, I currently fly the B-52, uh, so I'm a pilot for the Air Force. And a good friend of mine is Jesse Awuji, um, which I'm sure you've seen his name float around. Uh, I know he just started that team with Emmett Smith, which is amazing. And uh, a few years ago, he kind of talked to me about, hey, you know, he's done he's done well. He's been successful. I'm sure he'd love to get some wins underneath his belt, some top tens, top fives. Uh, but he kind of talked to me about crossing over uh, to asphalt. Um, as all the dirt, dirt boys will tell you, um, you know, dirt's for racing, asphalt's for getting there. Uh, so it was definitely a change uh, for me. Uh, but I'm really excited for the opportunity. Uh, I've been doing the asphalt thing for a few years and pro late models, super late models, and, you know, just getting my feet wet, if you will, uh, in ARCA. How difficult was it to adapt from primarily dirt racing to asphalt racing? What are some of the differences in, in driving style? Yeah, Ethan, great question. Uh, I'm still definitely green on asphalt. Um, I typically, in dirt, uh, I like my car loose. I want that rear end hanging out. I want to, you know, put it to the floor. Uh, throttle control is massive on dirt. He's never had the grip. The, ch the track is changing every single lap. Um, I mean, dirt guys running 20 laps, 25 laps for a feature. It's like, that's a big deal. Now I'm running 100 plus laps. Uh, the time of day is changing. The pressure altitudes, the way of the track, the temp of the track. Uh, the cars are way heavier. They don't turn as well. They don't brake as well. Uh and it's, it's so different. It's such a unique discipline of racing between the two of them. Um, if you take some guys off of the asphalt and throw them in the dirt, Chase Elliott's a great example. I just saw him at the Chili Balls down there watching him uh, and working with one of the teams down there. Um, amazing asphalt guy, but he's just now touching dirt and trying to figure it out. It's just a, such a different animal. Uh, and it's the same for me. Uh, going to asphalt, constantly trying to find the limits of the car. How loose can I make this car before it's really a problem? Uh, or how tight do I need it to be? Uh, so I definitely got some bad habits, you know, coming from the dirt track that I'm working on. Uh, and I've got great team teams that I've been working with and good, uh, good spotters and, uh, 
you know, coaching to, to take my knowledge that I do have on dirt and transfer it over to the, to the uh, asphalt world. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, continuing on in 2022. So how, how has your career progressed from when you started watching races in Knoxville? How did you uh, go in more depth, I guess, about like your, your racing progression, what you raced, where you raced, all, all, all that to up until your ARCA start this past fall? Yeah, great. No, dude, great question, Ethan. Uh, this is why you got over 100 podcasts. You're killing it, buddy. Uh, so for me, it, it, uh, I, was, I was young. I didn't have a lot of money. Uh, my family loved watching racing. None of us ever raced. Uh, we're not a racing family. We're more of a spectator family. Um, so my very first car, my man, uh, I bought a, a real world piece, we'll call it, uh, a little Honda CRX, a little four-banger out on the dirt track. Uh, I bought it for a thousand bucks. The roll cage costs more than the car. Uh, and I just, I kind of ran that. So it's just a little four cylinder series. I ran it for one year. Um, I was way better than I thought I would be uh, in it. Uh, and then from there, I, I, I jumped straight into lightning sprints. Uh, so 1200 uh, CC sprints out there in Colorado. I uh, ran that for a few seasons. And then, you know, I, I've honestly just bounced around. I ran legends for a little while because uh, they were cheap and cost effective. And I really enjoyed uh, tinkering around with uh, legend setups. Um, if you want a challenge, uh, go go try a legend sometime. The the amount of power and torque you have on those little tiny tires, uh, uh, especially on dirt, makes it real interesting. Uh, it's quite the discipline. And uh, a good friend of mine and mentor, uh, Drew Tapke, uh, he's won dirt nationals now, I think three or four years running out of North Dakota. Um, he's definitely helped me out a lot when I was messing around with that a few years back. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I've done stock cars, um, every version of sprint car. I've never run a World Outlaws race, um, but every version of sprint car, wing, non-wing, engine size, I ran it all. Um, I think the only thing I haven't raced on dirt would be uh, an A mod um, and a, a late model. Um, never really got to those ones. Uh, but other than that, uh, like I said, I just, I, if I get, get in a seat, I've usually owned my cars, uh, maintained my cars. Uh, more recently with work, you know, I kind of work with uh, other people to help me out uh, on those things. And uh, now I'm, I'm doing the asphalt thing. So if it's not prolate models, it's a super, if it's not a super, it's Arca. Uh, and uh, you know, we're going to keep, we're keep pressing on. August through your, your debut race in the Arca uh, Menards West series at Phoenix this past sure. fall. Now, what was that experience like? My goodness, uh, you talk about an absolute blast. Um, how many races have you been to? What's your favorite track? Um, well, let's see. I've been to Port Royal before. That was pretty fun, but that was a while ago. Yeah. Most recently, I was at Pocono for the doubleheader last summer. So, oh, Yeah, perfect. Pocono. Um, amazing track. Oh, I wish I could go there. Hopefully soon. Uh, me, like you, right? I've always been a fan, right? Uh, my silly butt showed up the day before to kind of scope out Phoenix, right? I'd never been there in person before. Um, I did a lot of eye racing prep, worked with my spotter, worked with some, some folks to kind of get me as much preparation for that race as I could uh, beforehand. But uh, my wife and I walked up with my uh, son, Nolan, he's, he's turning five soon, uh, to the track. Uh, we parked with the spectators, like nobody knew who we were. And it was amazing. Uh, walked right in like normal fans, like I always have. And we were just kind of looking at it, right? Like how big the track is, the amazing, it was a championship weekend. The, the lot was full as far as you could see with campers. There was millions of people there. It seemed like, I think it was whatever, some, whatever the thousands were, but, uh, it was just, I was in awe. And then the next morning I show up. Right. And, uh, and it didn't really hit me, uh, until the autograph session. And I didn't know I was doing that. Uh, I figured, hey, it's my first one. Nobody's going to really know me. Nobody's going to want to talk to me that much. Uh, but as I walk up to the autograph session, my wife and kid are kind of off to the side. I'm sitting right there on uh, right in front of the start finish line. You see the gigantic stands, the track and the line of people wanting autographs for thousands deep. It was the most amazing thing in the world. Um, it was it, it's it was breathtaking. Um I still go back and look at some of the pictures and I'm just like, Oh my goodness, what did I get into? <laughs> and uh, how amazing that experience was. And so how thankful I am uh, for my partners helping me get there. Um, and, and, you know, and continuing on into this next season um, uh, in 2022. What was the race itself like? Uh, just, I, I'm assuming that's probably the 
the biggest track you've raced on, the, the most powerful car, like just how different and, and crazy was that? Yeah, no. Uh, it, yeah. So I've, I've been in cars with bigger engines and on dirt, but the big track I've ever seen is a half mile and a half mile dirt track is rare. Uh, we're usually, you know, a quarter mile, maybe a little bit bigger, you know, so there's not a lot, you know, not a lot of half miles. There's a couple one mile tracks. I've never been to them. Um, so that one mile track was massive to me. Uh, I know for, uh, for some of the other drivers out there that came from the East coast that run Daytona and stuff that was a short track for them. For me, it was huge. Uh, you know, the amount of time you had your foot flat on the floor down the straightaways, uh, it just seemed like forever. <laughs> I was ready to turn, but I was nowhere near it. Uh, finding those breaking points. Um, I felt real good in one and two real sweeping turn. I can kind of let the rear end hang out a little bit, figured out, uh, three and four were, were, uh, well, I needed to, I need some more practice on three and, three and four. Uh, but it was so, so much fun and, uh, really learning that car, how those speeds work on a track like that. Um, figuring out how to take a car going 150 and slow it down to get your cornering velocity and make sure you apex correctly. Uh, if you want to roll through the turn, brake drag, there's so many different techniques you can use and what's going to work depending on what time of the race. And again, how long it was sprint car races aren't that long. Uh, I felt like I was in that car forever. Uh, but it was such a, such a good time. And, uh, of course, you know, we had, a, we had a couple little things go on uh, with the car. Had to pit a few times, unfortunately. Uh, we didn't quite get the finish we were looking for uh, with, you know, some of the stuff we were dealing with. But uh, for my first time out, bringing the car home clean, no, no nicks, no dinks. Uh, I mean, we, we took it out of the trailer, rolled it on, uh, and we rolled it back off for testing, you know, eventually, like a couple months later. Like, that's a good feeling uh, for your first race on such a big track with, you know, a lot of great drivers out there. Ty Gibbs, oh, my gosh, kid's great. Um, excited for his future. Jesse Love, uh, another good guy. Um, good to talk to him and work with him. Same with Raja. Um, so being out those track on that track with those guys, um, though they're a lot younger than me, you know, they got a lot of experience and kind of seeing what they're doing and, you know, just being a part of everything and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully move on, uh, you know, and keep, keep racing. What is your favorite car that you've ever driven in terms of like how fun it was to, to race? Yeah. Uh, so I, I personally still my favorite car. Uh, again, I love Arca. It's so much fun. It's, it's a way to, to keep going and, uh, maybe make racing more of a permanent feature in my life. Um, but my favorite car to race by far still today, um, is non-wing sprint cars. Um, I enjoy how loose they are. I enjoy how much you have to wheel them. Uh, uh, they're a bit treacherous, you know, uh, if you wash a chili bowl, um, a non-wing and a midget are, are similar in some some respects, very different in others. Um, but the flip count, I think this year was in the 60s. So uh, they're, they're a little dangerous, but because of that, that's what makes it makes it a lot of fun. Uh, nobody's going to race a non-wing sprint car and have the perfect lap every time and be off by 0.01 on a lap. It's going to be significantly different uh, between lap one and seven uh, based on you know all the changes that are happening what's uh what's kind of like your ultimate goal for racing what 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 would make you say like i i've made it you've achieved what you you thought you could do yeah uh so my my ultimate goal is to get to the trucks um i know a lot of guys are, are always looking to get the cup um you know I've, I've been racing for a long time i got experience on a ton of dirt um I think the part I left out earlier, I've, I've been to Germany quite a bit, uh, raced the Nuremberg ring um, and worked some BMW stuff out there for a little bit. Um, so I got a little bit of road course stuff, but my, my ultimate goal is to get to the truck series. Uh, and I kind of want to park it there. Um, I'm, hope, uh, I'm hoping to get there, race as long as possible, as long as they'll let me race cars <laughs> uh, and race trucks. And uh, I think that would be the, uh, the cream of the crop for me. Um, I know Jesse's sitting in, in the Xfinity series, just started that team. Um, I'm sure, you know, he would love to, to get me up there. Um, but I think for, for me, um, being an ARCA is a huge success uh, as, as it is. But I think the trucks are where I really want to be. Uh, I like that they're lighter. I like that um, they're loose. They're, they look like a challenge to drive. Um, and I think it's going to I think they'll fit me real well in my driving style. Um, sorry, lost my train of thought. Where, oh, <laughs> um, what, what are some plans for 2022? Where can, where can we see you on the track, uh, this upcoming season? 
yeah, I wish I could make that announcement now. Uh, so I'm still got some stuff in the works in the background. Um, I'm bringing on some new sponsors this year. Uh, some real unique ones I'm excited to work with, uh, with my dirt background. Uh, you're probably going to see some folks on my car that, that you don't see a lot on asphalt, uh, cause they're all kind of dirt background kind of guys. So, um, I think, uh, we're, we're looking at eh, somewhere around eight to 12 races this year. Um, it won't all be in one series. I'll say that. So you're going to see me bouncing around a little bit. Um, but I think we're going to hit some real big, real uh, big opportunities this year. We're looking at very specific tracks uh, to help, you know, progress my racing and, uh, you know, take me to the uh, next level and try to try to keep working on getting to the trucks. Any chance you'll be at Pocono this summer? Oh, I wish. Is that a bit far? <laughs> I wish. No, that's, uh, that's not quite on the list right now. Um, you know, I, I had the choice to do the Daytona testing or be at the chili bowl. Um, and I couldn't miss out on the chili bowl. So I didn't do the Daytona testing this year. Um, but Pocono right now, uh, sadly is not, uh, on my list. Uh, not saying if I had an opportunity to do it, I would definitely do it. Uh, but what I'm targeting right now, I, I will admit that one didn't quite make it. You mentioned earlier the, the racing the Nurburgring. What is that place like? I mean, I've raced that in like on Forza and stuff like that, but like I can't imagine actually driving that track. Yeah, that blind turn. I don't remember what the turn number is. Uh, you literally come up with the blind left turn into the right. Uh, uh, gosh, that thing is scary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I got the the first time I ever went there. Uh, I did the ride along that they have there. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go to Germany as a big guys into racing, you know, um, it's, it's worth going to, um, first time I ever when I did the ride along with one of their drivers and when we came up to that turn, like it looks like you're going off into the sky and then all of a sudden it just dives hard to the left. Um, and then basically into a breaking hairpin, right. Um, the second time I went, you know, I actually, uh, rented a car and drove uh, a bit and tried it. And then, and then eventually, you know, I got an opportunity to go out there and do some time trials, do some stuff with other cars on the track. Um, I mean, it's, it's a different style of racing. Um, uh, you're out there with several different car types. Um, sometimes the cars are going really fast past you. And then other times you're going really fast past other cars. It just depends on what, what you're around. Uh, for me, if it was a BMW, that's who I was going after. Um, if it was other cars, you know, some cases, you know, that Ferrari, I'm not going to catch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's an absolute blast. I wish I had the opportunity to do a ton of it. Um, it just, you know, I, I just kind of got to dabble in it and uh, really see a whole different side of things. Uh, the Europeans, my goodness, they are, uh, they are amazing at racing and road courses. They take their, their, their karting so serious um, and they're just, they're really good at it. Um, so it was great to get that opportunity to, to go out there and, and see a few things, um, and show them what I had and then learn what I didn't, <laughs> uh, have on that track. Mentioned the chili bowl earlier. Is that something that you'd like to do actually race in a couple of years? Yeah. Uh, so the team I was with, um, I can't give you the name of that. <laughs> uh, if you search around enough, you might be able to figure it out, but, uh, I went out there with them uh the plan was i was going to try to run it actually this year in 2022 um but some things came up with work and i couldn't be there the entire week um so instead i just came for a couple of days and worked on some stuff uh we were already lining up stuff for 2023 um that has been on my my bucket list if you will uh, my bucket list racetracks um by far are the chili bowl um and i love bristol probably because i'm a short track guy um so those are huge bucket list racetracks for me um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping to, uh, do that in 2023, get out there at Chili Bowl, um, go out there and race with all those great racers. Um, Donnie Schatz is from the town that I'm in. Um, so, you know, that's the guy I'm, you know, I'm, that's the guy I grew up watching. It's the guy I'm trying to beat now. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. We'll conclude this with a couple quick, this or that questions. Number one, NASCAR gen six or the next gen, whether, um, you can answer as if you'd rather drive one or you'd rather watch one, however you want to take it. Yeah, next gen, drive it. I want in that thing. I love what they did with it. Uh, I know there's some controversy, but put me in. Love to, love to try it out. You probably already answered this next one. Bristol or Martinsville? <laughs> Bristol by far. <laughs> the call. 
All right. Um, and, and the final one, this is three options in. You could add another one. Cars, Talladega Nights, or Days of Thunder. What's the best uh, NASCAR-related movie recently? Not recently, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I love Days of Thunder. I really love that scene in the garage when he's talking to the car about how beautiful he's going to make it. Uh, that is, uh, every time I get, I get to that scene, I get the, uh, you know, the chills, uh, cause I've definitely done that myself. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Before you go, what, like what's your social media, any merch, any stuff like that that you'd like people to go check out? Yeah. So I got a website, uh, right now it's called, uh, ryanrouletteracing.com. Please go check that out, uh, on there. It has links to both my, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, that's kind of the two accounts I run right now. I uh, got 2022 hero cards sitting there. There's a request form. Uh, they're going like hot, hot cakes, if you will. Uh, I can't seem to hold on to it. It's a great problem to have. Uh, I don't charge anything for that. Uh, I'm happy to do it. Um, so if people want to fill out their request form, I'd love to love to send even more out. Uh, that's where most of my stuff sits. Uh, still working on some merchandise things. Um, I'm really big into giving back to the younger fans. Um, so if you get a chance for anybody paying attention or listening to this, um, that's got some kids that are, you know, their first race in NASCAR or, or younger on, you know, younger in general, uh, definitely come see me at the track. Uh, I always have, uh, my, my team t-shirt, uh, and kid sizes and I give those out for free. Um, it's all about bringing up the next generation uh, of race car fans. And if I could put a, a smile on that kid's face, uh, with a shirt, uh, I'm all for it. Uh, but other than that, man, dude, it was, it was great. Uh, Ethan, uh, having me on here and, uh, it's great what you're doing, uh, with your podcast and, you know, promoting our sport. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. It was truly a pleasure to talk to you and, uh, hope you have a great night. Thanks, Ethan. All right. Coming up next on the quick pit podcast segment number three, that's next on the quick pit podcast. podcast you've made it to the third and final segment of this week's show connor has just informed me that i'm not doing the outro today because i have been struggling with the outros today uh we recorded an interview with uh, a sprint car driver earlier today who you'll hear next week uh and i botched that outro although i will say connor completely botched the question so uh, he doesn't really have room to talk there but we've got our bold predictions we did this last year and then in the year end episode we checked to see who got the most right. I think I won that. I'm not sure. I, I, I should have pulled it up and checked. But both of us did not do well last year with our bold predictions. But we've got five new ones each. Doesn't matter if we double up. Each person has five. And we'll check at the end of the year when the season's over. So, Connor, you want to start with your first bold prediction? Yep. So, as we all know, Sword Hot Racing last year was terrible. The Ford as a whole was terrible. But, you know, Sword House Racing got that light on them, how bad they were. They're going to have a pretty good rebound here for me. I am predicting them to win four to eight races. Okay. That's so, bold enough. So, yeah. So, you, I was thinking you might say it's not bold enough, but you're going into a whole new car after they've not, they have no momentum going in, and you don't know what's going on. I just have a feeling that they're going to win four races, as you know, um, I'll even call it here. I've got Almarola winning three races. You heard that we did Storehouse Racing. It's an Almarola going out on a championship run. I'm going to have Briscoe winning one. That's four. And Harvick's going to win two. Six. Right in the middle between four and eight, my prediction. Okay. That's a pretty so good a little, one, I think. A little two and one action for predictions right there. All right. So my first bold prediction is that martin truex jr every year there's a driver who struggles this year it's going to be mtj no win for truex in 2022 not he'll still make the playoffs he'll still run all right but martin truex jr will not win a race i can hear us uh, replaying that one and seeing how stupid ethan uh sounds but my next bold prediction is that penske will only win two races 
two or less rushes. It is bold time. So, Eric, you know, we we were on the show for Eric, Eric's YouTube channel, which this video will be out, you know, soon. So keep an eye on that. Links are in the description. But as you heard, I only gave them two wins, two or three wins. I think I gave Lugano one and Blaney one. Lugano two and Blaney one. But I'm saying Penske is going to be the team that's going to miss the next gen. They're going to struggle and they're just going to not do good. I've got I've got Lugano winning one and Blaney winning one. Nothing for Cedric. Nothing for Cedric in rookie year. So two or less for two wins or less for Penske this year. Sorry, Eric. Um, I know you're a we're a Brad Kostowski fan with Penske. All right, my next one. I'm going from one old Toyota driver to the next. Kurt Busch is a championship four threat. He will make the round of eight. Uh, that's my bold prediction. He will and he will win multiple races with 2311 in the 45 car. Connor, I, I said this last week. Connor disagrees. I don't care. Last time I picked something Connor didn't like, it happened on the first race of the year. So I think Connor, you should uh, be careful of my prescience. So uh, what's your next one? Oh, my next prediction is that after we had a ton of winners last year, a ton of them, I'm going, we have 12, 12 or more winners, this, 12 winners this year, at least 12 winners. Just 12? Yeah, there's 16 you, spots. You have to, okay, you have to, for this to be a bold prediction, you have to lock that in at exactly 12. All right, there will be 12 new winners this year. New winners or winners no, in general? Winners in general. Okay. So there's 12 winners, and then there'll be four other drivers that make it on points. All right, and, and, and no new winners in the playoffs either. I didn't say that. Oh, 12 winners in the regular season? Yeah, we'll have 12 winners in the regular season. Okay. All right. That's that's your pick. Okay. Next up for me, Richard Petty Motorsports takes a big step up, has one driver in the playoffs, another in the top 20 in points. They're going to win at least one race and step up to like an RCR level. And finally be competitive again, or, or not RPM, uh, Petty GMS now, I guess. But you know what I mean. Ty Dell and Eric Jones have a great year. First time that team has had two cars in a long time, but they've got a lot of support, two good, strong organizations working together, new car. All that working together produces a phenomenal first year for Petty GMS. My next poll prediction is there will be at least – Three new Cup Series winners this year. Bonus points if you predict them. Okay. Briscoe. I got Briscoe. I got Reddick. And I got... Jeopardy music. <laughs> it's a tough one. It's close. Um, oh, okay. I'm sure... Come on, Connor, think of something. Um, it's going to be like a no-name driver going to a super speedway. Um, Pick a, someone. So it's I'm going to go with um, – do you know what? Corey LaJoy. He's going to the Daytona 500. All right. So you've got bonus points if LaJoy, uh, Briscoe, or Reddick. Well, Reddick is almost certainly going to win the race. I didn't think about that. That's not – that doesn't seem as bold if you include Reddick. It feels like Reddick has already won a couple races, but he hasn't. I had Penske. Right. I only had Penske winning two races. That should make up for it. Oh yes. All right. My next pick. I have written down here. Fans complain about next gen package, but that's a given. So I'm going to take a different route. Next gen package is going to save and ruin a couple tracks. Next gen is going to save Dover. I think with how tough Dover is to drive. And how tough this car seems to drive, I think this is going to be a very fascinating race. I'm super excited for it. It's going to make uh, Dover really fun to watch, a, a, a really a war of attrition, a, a test of driver's skill. 
And, and so it's going to make Dover one of the top tracks, top races each year with this next-gen car and the package. As for tracks that it's going to ruin, I hate to say this, but I think the 550 package might have helped Pocono because I think that the the package by keeping them I think I don't know I feel like I don't like them packed together but I think the package helped it in a way Pocono is I feel like is one of the weird tracks that kind of helped and because the races there were not terrible while that package was going off and I feel like Pocono is a track where a low downforce package might make the cars super spread out. Um, and, and so unless you get a fuel mileage race, it's just a total dud. So I'm going to say the next-gen package ruins Pocono, which is really concerning if that comes true. I don't want to get it right, but Dover is saved by next-gen. Pocono is made worse. And I, I'm going to base that off of how are we going to measure this? We'll use, should we use the good race poll? Sure. Okay. If the good rate will go off, if they were higher or lower than the 2021 numbers. So I'm very sad you said that. So I'm going to have some fun here with my last poll prediction. And it has to do with the support of NASCAR, but it has nothing to do with the drivers or teams. I'm predicting my bold prediction is that right now we're averaging 16 viewer listeners per podcast. Ooh. By the end of the season, Phoenix, the, when we do a Phoenix recap, that podcast will be averaging 50 plus listeners. A I like it. I like it. So if you want to help me out to win this this year, because I, he, Ethan won last year, you want to help me out? You better start sharing with friends and family right now. As you're listening to this on, if, if you're listening to this on the release date, January 27th, you need to go right to your mom or dad, right to your best friend, and say, listen to this. Give it a shot. Help me All out. All right. Let me win. Are you saying we, I, I, so I'll let you do this. If, if it's what the number is like when we open up the app, when we sit down to record. Whatever the app says the number is. Not like, okay, we hit it at one point because we got a, a weird number of listens one week and we hit it at one point during the season. It has to be where it's uh, at, yep. Phoenix episode. As soon as we sit down to record the Phoenix recap, we will look, and if it's over 50, 50 or over, we did it. And we're going to do it because I'm confident. So let's do it. All right. All right. I like that. My last one, I, I should have gone before you because that would have been a great one to end on. Ty Gibbs wins half the Xfinity races next year. Oh, no, he did it. Oh, <laughs> no. You do know he's, you know, he just raced ARCA and not a bunch of Xfinity series and drivers will, teams will figure him out and how he races. You know, you know that, right? Uh, I also know that as I pull up his stats here, that he won four races in 18 starts. He led, okay, maybe not as good as I remember, but he led a ton of laps. He finished, listen to this, Connor. He finished 13th in points running just over half the races. He was the best non-playoff driver last year for the Xfinity Series. Running half the year. Half the year. And Austin Cedric's not going to be there next year. I mean, you, you, you can probably give, uh, like, three or four wins to Almondinger. Like, probably, I don't know, two or three to Allgaier, two or three to Gregson. Maybe one each to Barry. Like, those guys typically, if you add what they all typically get, that's what, like, I don't know, half the season. I mean, Chase Briscoe won nine races there a couple years ago, and he was racing against Austin Sindrick. If I don't think nobody in that series can hold a candle to Ty Gibbs, and so I think he's going to win half the races next year. You're out of your mind. All right, if you're There's so no confident, competition. if you're so confident, 
if he wins half the races, will he get a shot in the Cup Series next year, the following year? Yes. With who? Gibbs. In whose spot? MTJ. It's all coming together, Connor. It's all coming together. <laughs> You're gonna we're gonna listen back on this and Ty Gibbs would have won will win like one or two races and Martin Trickner would have won like three or four and you will sound out of your mind crazy right now. Okay, fine. I will change it. Ty no, Gibbs wins late. double no. You changed yours. Ty Gibbs wins double digits next year in races. That's still pretty bold. All right, that works. We're sticking with it. All right, Connor, you, I've been banished to to uh, podcast closing jail because uh, of my struggles today. Close it out for us. Send us yeah, home. Thank you. thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you guys share it with your family and friends and, you know, every family member in front of me too because uh, we got some really exciting stuff coming up. We have pretty much interviews all the way. We have interviews all the way till Daytona. Ethan is making faces on the screen to try to mess me up to, for me to go into podcast ending jail. But no, seriously, you know, make sure you guys share with friends. friends. <laughs> Ethan, all right, stop. Make sure you guys share with friends and family because uh, we have some some really cool interviews coming up. Pretty much leads all the way up to Daytona 500 and this off season and kind of preseason off good. So make sure you stay around. You know, share the word. And uh, check out the links in the description. Check out Sense. Use promo code QuickPick on Plan B and Circle B Diecast. The same thing. And we'll see you next week for our first preview of the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series season. See you next week. What Connor always forgets when he closes it out is that I control when I stop the recording. So I get the last word again. We'll see you next week.